All right. This string actually holds the spear. And all I need to do is just pull it. Snaps in the water. Matthew Rivera has been spearfishing for tuna in Palau's clear blue waters most of his 40 or so years. It's a big part of life here in this tiny southern Pacific archipelago, 600 miles east of the Philippines. Because like us here in Palau, we can't eat meat every day. We can't eat chicken every day. We have to eat fish. It's what we grew up with. Palauans are lucky. This part of the Pacific is home to the world's last healthy tuna populations. But in recent years, the global demand for tuna has exploded. So now these waters are flooded with foreign tuna boats. Some of the fishing here is legal, but not all of it. And as a marine policeman here, Rivera works to protect Palau's nearly quarter million square miles of ocean from illegal fishing. But there's a problem. The country only has one patrol boat. When it comes to enforcement, that's the big hole in the bucket here, you know. That's Palau's president, Thomas Romengasau Jr. Every time our one patrol boat goes to our southwest islands, it's almost a, a given thing that they're going to catch some poachers out there every single time. That's one reason Palau recently banded together with seven of its South Pacific neighbors to try to protect their tuna populations better. They even worked with regional authorities to largely ban big tuna operations from the international waters between their countries. It's an unprecedented arrangement, but enforcement is still a constant battle. So they've called on outsiders for help, including organizations like Greenpeace. You want to go high? Yeah, just stay here for now, under, just under the edge of the cloud. In international waters about 500 miles offshore, a Greenpeace helicopter carrying a Palawan marine officer and Greenpeace activists hovers near three tuna boats. The passengers suspect two of the boats may be moving tuna onto the third for transfer to market. Yeah, that looks like a uh, transshipment that's either ending or about to start. Transshipping at sea obscures the tuna's origin, making it impossible to track where the fish was caught. Conservationists call it tuna laundering. There's a bucket of fish going across now onto the deck of this one. See, here comes another one swinging across. Yeah, they're transshipping right yep. now. Yep. See, caught in the act. Look at it. A few hours later, Greenpeace activists board the receiving vessel, a Cambodian-flagged refrigerator ship. I join them as they descend a frosty ladder into the ship's dark, icy belly. I'm so glad I wore my linen pants to literally crawl my way through frozen skipjack tuna. Just tons of tuna. We are in the hold of the Heng Sing One, a carrier vessel. Farah Obaidullah is the leader of Greenpeace's expedition. And we're sitting in and amongst tens of thousands of kilos of tuna. The captain of this vessel has actually admitted uh, that he doesn't have a license on board to do this activity out here. He claims that the company back home does. It's impossible to know whether the fish were caught legally, but the transfer was illegal. Moving fish at sea is a common practice, but authorities here require that the boats offload only in port so they can track the tuna. And as a Cambodian-flagged vessel, the Heng Xing has no right to work here at all. But the Palawan officer riding with Greenpeace can't bust the ship because it's in international waters. All he can do is report the incident to the regional fisheries authority. A few days later, the monitors came across another of the boats that took part in the illegal transshipment. 
Palauan Marine Officer Earl Benhart says it seems pretty clear the boat was up to no good. This is the uh, first time that I have uh, boarded this uh, kind of vessels with uh, no names and no identification. The Philippines registered boat was transiting Palau with no vessel name, no call sign, and no logbook. But again, Officer Benhart could only report the ship. The crew was frustrated, but not surprised. Jurisdictions on the ocean are notoriously complicated. So even boats that are caught red-handed go free because the boarding nation lacks the authority to enforce international law. Basically what this shows is you need an interpol for the oceans. Farah Obaidala of Greenpeace. Governments should be able to enforce international law on vessels that aren't necessarily registered to their country because otherwise this is what happens. Short of that, host countries like Palau will have to depend on the willingness of bigger fishing countries like the Philippines, Taiwan and the United States to make their boats play by the rules. After the incident with the undocumented Philippine tuna boat, its home country launched an investigation into its activities. And the Philippines' top fisheries official, Assis Perez, says his country doesn't sanction illegal fishing anywhere. There's no debate that there's a problem. We may not be able to prevent, but we will never, never tolerate an illegal action committed by our citizens in wherever countries they are. Perez says the Philippines is trying to step up enforcement and plans to add more boats to monitor their high seas fishing fleet. But self-policing has generally failed to prevent overfishing on the high seas or elsewhere. And with tuna prices on the rise and populations crashing elsewhere, the pressure on Palau and her neighbors is only likely to increase. President Remengasau says the effects are already noticeable. We're leaving the depletion of stocks of fish, where we used to fish very close to shore. Now we have to go miles away. And this is only the window of what eventually will be affecting everybody. For The World, I'm Shannon Service, Palau.